Today, we are starting our Advent series, which means we are going to start our Christmas carols. All right. Sing, Joe. 
We just thank you that we can enter in this season of thanksgiving and acknowledgement of your son coming down to this earth, this birth, this miracle, Jesus. And we just thank you, Lord, that we can spend this season just in remembrance of this amazing, amazing event. God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your love for sending your son down from the heavens to this earth to be amongst us. Jesus, we thank you for being a real person, 100% human, 100% God. And we thank you for this time of worship where we can acknowledge that. We pray these things in your son's most precious and holy name. Amen. GRX. Got some announcements for you. Christmas potluck. The Christmas potluck is this Saturday. Join us here at the King's Academy W Room from 6 o'clock p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Sign up to let us know you're coming and what you plan on bringing. Questions can go to Terrence. Terrence.wu at grx.org. Baptism Child Dedication. On Christmas Sunday, we will, be, we will be having Baptism Child Dedications. If you are interested in getting baptized or dedicating your child, there's, there's a class on December 11th at noon. Please sign up before the 11th if you'd like to attend. Email baptism at org. Thank you. All right. Can we invite all the kids to come up to the front? Good morning. Okay. Uh, welcome, everyone, and uh, happy to see all of you today. Um, before we uh, jump into, so today what we're going to do is we're going to you might notice that we have some candles over here. So we're all going to light it together later. Um, but before we do that, I just want to ask you some questions. And so um, 
feel free to just raise your hand if this is true for you. So, how many of you have siblings, a brother or sister? Okay, lots of you. How many of you are only children? You don't have a brother or sister. That's okay, too. I was an only child for a long time, for eight years. Um, How many of you have an older brother or sister? Okay, good amount of you. Um, How many of you have a younger brother or sister? Okay. And then, so, uh, who here is, like, the oldest sibling? Hmm, interesting, interesting. Okay, thank you for that. So, for those of you who have younger siblings, okay, so if you have a little brother or sister, um, do you remember how you knew you were going to get a younger brother or sister? Do you remember, like, maybe your mom had a big tummy for a little while, or you saw when she was pregnant, or maybe your parents told you you're going to have a younger brother or sister. No? (laughs) Well, yeah, that's true. Some of you don't know what that's like, and that's okay, too. When I was about eight years old, um, my parents told me that I was going to have a little sister. And so typically, you know, some families, when I was eight years old, it's kind of like old to have, like, a little sibling for the first time, you know? And so I was surprised, and um, I don't think my parents were surprised, though, but uh, I was surprised, and I remember my mom's tummy getting really big, and I remember they started putting up some decorations in the room, and they took out all my old baby clothes to give to my little sister, And they built a small crib for the baby to sleep in, even though my sister was not yet, like, here in in real life, even though my mom hadn't given birth yet. And so I didn't know what to expect when they told me this news, but I knew it was kind of exciting and also kind of scary and also kind of cool. And I didn't know how it would affect me, but obviously I knew that it would have a big difference in my life when my sister came. So today... Today is a special day because it's the first day of a time of the year that we call Advent. Can you guys say Advent with me? Advent, yes. So Advent, just like when my family got ready for my sister, uh, when she was coming into the world, and when I was eight years old, we also get ready for Jesus to come into the world on Christmas. So Christmas is like in a month, right? Or something like that. And so we get ready for Jesus. We put up some decorations in our house. We get ready, and more importantly, we prepare our hearts for Jesus, uh, to welcome Jesus into the world. So just like when somebody is pregnant, or just like when your mommy has a big belly, or just like when we're getting ready to welcome somebody into the world, whether it's a new sibling or or a friend or somebody you know who's pregnant, uh, we can get ready for Jesus. And sometimes this also means that we're a little bit excited, a little bit nervous. Sometimes we have to figure out uh, what we're feeling. Uh, and I've, you know, I've never been pregnant before, and I don't think I ever will be. But there are always a lot of questions. There's always a lot of questions that come with this experience. Questions like, what kind of world will, the, will my child enter? What kind of pain will I have to go through? How do I know that I'm ready? These are also the kind of questions that we ask in Advent about Jesus. So on the first Sunday of Advent, we light our first candle, and it's called the Candle of Hope. Hope. It's a reminder that the world is pregnant with possibility, that God's kingdom is coming. God's kingdom will be birthed and released here on earth in Jesus And it's a reminder that God doesn't love us from far away, up in heaven, but God came down in the flesh as a real baby, as a real person, and God will dwell with us and live with us. So we're going to light the candle together, okay? And the good thing is that these candles do not require real fire. So on the count of three, I want all of us to snap our fingers, okay? Do you know how to do that? On the count of three, okay? Not yet, because then the candle's not, not going to work. Okay, 
So ready? So we're gonna go. I'm on. I'm gonna say one, two, three, go. And on go, we snap our fingers and the on on go, on go. Okay, ready? One, two, three, go. Oh, okay. We didn't snap well enough. Okay, ready? Okay, we'll try one more time. You really have to believe in your snap. Okay, one, two, three, snap. Wow. Amazing, amazing. Let's pray. Let's pray together. God, on this first Sunday of Advent, we thank you for the gift of hope. We thank you that you are on your way, that you are not a God who is distant or far away. You are not a God who's in some other place, but you love us from right here. You come into the world in real, fragile, frail flesh to be with us, because you love us. So God, we hold on to that hope this Advent season. We trust that you are on your way. God, help us to prepare, to put up the decorations, to prepare our hearts for your arrival, God. Thank you. We lift all of our nervousness, all of our excitement, all of our joy, all of our questions to you during this Advent time, and we ask that you would be with us as we prepare for your arrival. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so y'all can be dismissed out this door over here. Uh, If you are new here, feel free to go outside and register your child. If you are in middle school and you're going to SALT, then you're going to room A12.
for this time of worship where we can lift your name up on high. God, we thank you for this body, for this church, for our brothers and sisters that have come to gather here, newcomers and old friends and family here on this day. And it is in your name that we pray. Amen. It just feels like this year is rushing by. I mean, does it feel fast for anybody else? I think it, it struck me when we saw the, when Dean came up here and did the announcement with his daughter, and it was the GRX potluck is coming up this coming weekend. It's like, oh my gosh, potluck. Okay, I have to sign up. Sorry, Terrence. I've been bad. I've been delinquent. I need to sign up. You can still sign up, but I was like, wow, we are already at the Christmas potluck. We are already at Advent, the time before Christmas. As, um, as Nate shared earlier, today is the first Sunday of the season of Advent, and it's kind of a churchy term, but Advent simply means arrival, Advent is the arrival of something or someone important. And in the church, we celebrate the four Sundays before Christmas as the four Sundays in Advent. And you can, can think of it like Advent. We, it's, we don't really use it too much in, in, um, in language, but you could say like the Advent of the Internet. And then when the arrival of the Internet or the Advent of the Internet came, it changed everything. So, by the way, little GRX trivia, um, does anyone know when the advent of the internet was? What year? What year was the advent of the internet? 1975, that's a good guess. That is close. Uh, 
I don't know, Wikipedia, how much can you believe on Wikipedia? 1983, they said, the advent of the internet. Yes, there are some here in our church who were alive before the advent of the internet. But right, when the, when the arrival of the internet came, it changed everything. And that's what we celebrate within the church, the advent or the arrival of Jesus Christ. And when Jesus Christ came, he changed everything. Now, at the same time um, as uh, we are in the season of Advent, we're continuing our, our, our big ministry year theme of hospitality. And so this series of Advent, the four weeks before Christmas, we're calling it um, Welcoming Christ at Christmas. Welcoming Christ at Christmas. And the hospitality and Christmas and Advent all together. Ray led us in that famous Christmas song, uh, Christmas Carol, Joy to the World. And even in Joy to the World, it brings together these two ideas of Advent and hospitality. We were singing earlier. I'll just, I'll just share the words. But the, um, do, we have a, do we have a slide for that? that um, joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. And then there's this great line, let every heart prepare him room. Let every heart prepare him room. Right? That's welcoming Christ at Christmas. That's us and our hearts extending hospitality, creating a space of welcome, love, and care for Jesus Christ in our life in this Advent season as we await and anticipate the arrival of Jesus Christ at Christmas. So for this first Sunday of Advent, we are going to look at a passage, and it comes from the first chapter in the Gospel of John, and Aaron is going to come forward and read that for us, and it'll also be up on the screen. So Aaron, you can come on up, and it's John chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. And as she reads, let me invite you to particularly pay attention to the word, word that shows up, and also light, word and light, because I'll be talking about that. Aaron, come on up here. All right. Okay. Sure, thank you. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything that was made. In him was life, and the life with the light of man. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him. Yet, the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born, not of the blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Thanks. Well, the Gospel of John, it starts with this poetic beginning. And unlike any of the other Gospels, the Gospel of John opens with this metaphorical big language about who Jesus Christ is. If you compare this gospel with the other gospels, Matthew's gospel begins with the genealogy of Jesus Christ, which makes sense because Matthew's gospel is writing to a predominantly Jewish audience. So a Jewish audience reading Matthew would want to know, who's Jesus's family? Where does he come from? What's his line? 
what's his familial line. Mark's gospel, also, Mark's gospel is a very action-oriented gospel, and so it's not like, where is Jesus from? That's Matthew's gospel, but Mark's gospel is, what is Jesus doing? And so Mark's gospel begins with a lot of action. There's, a, there's more action in Mark's gospel than, than any other um, gospel. And Luke's gospel, as well, that's where we get a lot of the actual Christmas narrative. We get the shepherds. We get this story because Luke's gospel is all about story. It's about narrative. It's about uh, narrative theology. Luke and Acts read together the big arc of the story of Jesus Christ and the disciples. But John is unique because John, the gospel, is presupposing that you already know the story. You already know the Christmas story. You already know the narrative. You already know the action. You already know where Jesus is from and his genealogy. So you get details in the gospel of John that are unlike any other gospel. And here you get this big opening this big prologue, this big poem that just talks about word and light and all of this language because John is both giving us more details about Jesus Christ, about who Jesus is, but also giving a much more expanded context of what Jesus is in relation to all of what God's big design. And so that's why he starts with in the beginning. And for people reading Scripture, that would be reminiscent of Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, 1, the whole Bible begins, in the beginning, God created. And John 1 opens again in this very poetic way that arcs all the way back to Genesis 1. John 1 begins, in the beginning was the Word, the Logos. In the beginning was the Word. And this Logos which John is talking about, the Word, is Jesus Christ himself. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. This word logos is what we get the word, Ameri- the English word logic, the logic of God. So in the beginning was the logic or the logical appeal of God. So logos, logic, logical appeal, You could think about it as the reasonableness of God. In the beginning was the logic of God or the logical reasoning of God. That's Jesus Christ, the logic of God. This reference to logos is, it's almost like God is making his argument to the world or his logical reasoned uh, approach to the world through the life of Jesus Christ. One of the things I really, uh, one of the things I really love about Christian faith um, is that there's an intellectual coherence to what you find in Jesus Christ. I mean, if you, I mean, if you look at the world and all of the places where people are trying to figure out, like, how to live, what is a good life, right? The, the basis of philosophy. What is good? What does it mean to live a good life? Here we have in Jesus Christ the logic of God or the logical appeal or reasonableness of God. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's what Jesus Christ teaches. Don't judge, lest you also be judged, right? Don't judge, lest you also be judged. That's a good way to live. Forgive one another. That's also a very good way to live. If you look at the way that Jesus Christ models the way to live a human life, and the way to live a good life. There's an intellectual coherence to what Jesus says and he does, and he models for us. So that's the logos of God. That's the logic of God that's seen in Jesus Christ. And then finally, John, 3, uh, John 1 in verse 3, again echoes Genesis with this idea of the logos being the active or the speech act of God. This is all coming in Jesus Christ. All things were made through him, it says in John 1, 3. All things were made through Jesus Christ, the speech act of God. In Genesis, God said, let there be light. 
by the spoken word, God created light, and there was light. So I'm going to do two quick reflections on light and logos. Logos, you've already heard. So now light, the second reflection. John 1 talks all about light. And if you think about light, how many, how many people here, you know, Nate was really great. How many people had siblings? Raise your hand. We got a lot of people in Silicon Valley here. How many people in the room have ever taken physics? All right? I'll take high school physics. I'll take college physics, graduate work. Even I'll take junior high, middle school physics. Okay. So you guys have studied light. A lot of people have studied light. You know, the nature of light is very complex, and yet it's also very simple. It's very complex, and it's also very simple. So if you're going to say, what is the nature of light? And this is a big mystery for scientists for a very long time. The nature of light is that it acts both as a wave and as a particle. You break down light, it's all these little bits of light. They're these photons. They act as particles. They also act as waves. It's very mysterious. It's very complex. You have the rainbow. You put light through a, through a, through a prism, and it comes out like a rainbow. A rainbow. Roy G. Biv. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo. Violet. That's great. You must go to a good school. Right? Roy G. Biv. It's complicated. It looks just like regular white light, but you run it through that prism, and it's like, whoa! It's a rainbow. Very complex. And yet, it's very simple. Light is around us every day. It's complex, and it's simple. In the same way, light is very practical, right? From light, what we have photosynthesis, trees, plants, right? We have everything on the earth. It's growing from the light. Light gives us energy, heat. It illuminates things. Light shines and allows us to see and be seen. This nature, this complex yet simple nature, this practicality, it's also true about Jesus Christ, the light that came into the world. Jesus Christ can be very complicated and very complex. You can study theology, you can go to school. Study seminary. All these books are written about Jesus Christ and the Bible and theology, the church. It's very complicated, very complex. And yet at the same time, Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, for God so loved the world, it is so simple that even our youngest children can understand it. And it's also very practical. It's also around us. It's Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. And we are people in need of saving. It's very practical. So welcoming Christ at Christmas is this idea that we would welcome the logos, the logic of God, the reasonable of God, the reasonableness of God into our lives. We'd welcome the logos of God into our lives, and we'd also welcome the light of God of God into our lives. We would be welcoming the complex and practical light of Christ in our lives. Now, sometimes having light show up in our lives is actually not always a welcomed thing because light, like light illuminates things. And sometimes there's things that don't want to be seen or don't want to be brought the light, right? If we're honest with ourselves, we know these things, like there's darkness in us or, or brokenness or things that we wish hidden stay in the darkness. Um, and so we're a mix of things, right? We're part sinner and part saint. We have parts of us that we're happy to be seen in the light, right? Generosity, goodness, faithfulness, joy, those are great things, and that's a part of us. But then there's also things that are in us that are dark, and darkness. And those are also things that we might shy away from the light. Um, I don't know if this illustration is going to work, but I'm just going to try it on you guys anyway. You guys know I like insects. You guys know I'm a big fan of animals and, 
and insects in general. Um, but I have to tell you, I don't like every insect. There are some insects I really don't like. Um, of course, yeah, I don't really like mosquitoes. Mosquitoes are not so good. But for this illustration, I'm going to talk about roaches, cockroaches. Not my favorite kind of insect. Um, I, uh, um, there was a time where I used to live in um, Philadelphia, and uh, our house, we, we, had a, we, uh, yeah, we had a lot of cockroaches. And um, yeah, we just had a lot of cockroaches. So I don't know if you've ever lived in a house with, with a lot of cockroaches, but um, cockroaches come out when it's dark and they scurry around on the floor in the kitchen. And they're like, especially the big ones, uh, the, the big American cockroaches, um, which some people are like, they're flying cockroaches. Yeah, all adult cockroaches can fly. They're big. Um, and they're running around, they're running around on the ground. Um, uh, so these big brown um, American cockroaches, they were all over Philadelphia, and they were running around at night. When, I, when we would sneak down into the kitchen and flip on the light, all of a sudden, it's like all the roaches are like in the middle of the floor, and they're like... <laughs> and they'd like, they freeze, and then they like take off, and they hide, and they scurry away because they're trying to avoid the light, Right? And sometimes, sometimes there's things in our lives that we... That, 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 like, Jesus, the light of the world, he comes into our life, and then the light comes on, and there's maybe things in our lives that are like, like cockroaches. They're like, oh, we scurry, and they scurry. We try to hide them, and sometimes people try to avoid the light. Um, but now there's another kind of insect that uh, is the firefly, and uh, again, they were on the East Coast. We don't really have fireflies out here on the West Coast. But again, when I lived in Philadelphia, you could see fireflies. And um, yeah, it's kind of cool, fireflies. Like there's they're this chemical reaction and like these two different chemicals kind of go into this part of the bug and then it lights up. It's pretty, it's pretty sweet and it, and it blinks. And so did you know that fireflies, this is fascinating, that fireflies, they actually blink a specific pattern based on the kind of species that they are. And they blink that way because they are trying to attract other kind of fireflies that are like them um, to, make, to then make baby fireflies. And then um, that's how they get together. That's how they mate. That's how they survive. And so there is an insect, which, which I, by the way, I really like fireflies where they're using the light to then find each other. And it's a very different way than how the cockroaches respond to the light. And so there's this idea that light in our own lives has this different kind of way that it shows up for us. And so is it more like just the light, like a firefly, we are attracted to the light of Jesus Christ? Or when we think about welcoming the light of Christ into our lives, is it more a little bit like the roaches and that we scatter? We welcome light in our lives when we ourselves realize that we are in the dark. When we realize that we need a Savior, when we need Jesus Christ, that's when we wouldn't be running from the light, but when we would be embracing the light. Have you ever, have you ever been in a dark place? And everyone's you know, kind of got their phones now. So when you're, in, you're in, when you're in a dark place, like you pull out your phone, right? And then, um, let's see if I remember how to do this. You scroll up, and then you hit the little flashlight light. And right? When you're in a dark place, you turn on your light. Is that working, Robin? Can you guys see my light? Yeah. When you're in a dark place, right? And you're, and you're really happy when your light can come on. And then if you look at your battery and you're like, oh my gosh, I've only got 10% left, you know you're in trouble. But you're really happy that you have the light on your phone 
if you're in a dark place. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, a great Advent passage says this, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of deep darkness, on them light has shone. If you feel like you are in a place of darkness, maybe darkness in your life, maybe there's darkness in your world or in your family or in your friendships, that's when we welcome the light of Jesus Christ, when we ourselves are in a dark place. Now, there's something that is particularly cool about this passage in John chapter 1. And at this point in the message, I'm going to actually do a deeper dive into the Bible itself. Because one of the things that the, cha- that the Gospel of John talks about is even though Jesus Christ comes in the world, even though there's light and word coming into the world, the world and the darkness both reject Jesus Christ. And that is something that, um, again, shows up in our world, that there's actually a rejection of Jesus Christ and a, reject- and a rejection of the light that Christ is bringing. But I want to I point out this thing because I think it's fascinating and it will give us some more insight into who Jesus Christ is. So I'm going to do a word study for you, but actually it talks about the poetry of John chapter 1. And it's all around this one Greek word, and it's this Greek word called lambano. Lambano. And so I think we can, we can put it up on the screen there. Lambano is a word, and it shows up several times in John chapter 1, and it means to take or to receive. To take or receive. Lambano. And then the way that Greek works is you put a, a prefix on it, and it changes the word. So there's a word like kata lambano. So kata is, is down or over. Um, like katakrino is to judge down on someone. And, you know, Scripture says, don't judge lest you also be judged. Don't katakrino, don't judge down on someone. So here's this word, kata lambano, to take down or to take over. And then there's another word, para lambano, alongs, to take alongside. So para is to be alongside. Like the Holy Spirit is the paraclete. Clete, like a shoe, is to run, and paraclete, to run alongside. That's the paraclete. So here, it's para lambano, is to take alongside. Okay, so this is how it shows up. And it shows up in a, a set of two couplets. I'll, I'll just read it for you. It's John chapter 1, verse 5 and 11. It says, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness, catalambano o catalambano. The darkness has not taken it down. The darkness has not taken down the light. And then it says a little bit later, Jesus, or the Logos, he came into his own, and his own people, paralambano o paralambano. His own people did not take him alongside. So I'm going to just read this again in the English and mix it in the Greek here. It says, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness catalambano o catalambano. He came into his own, and his own people para lambano o para lambano. It means the darkness did not take down the light and the people did not take Jesus alongside him. I just found that fascinating that even though Jesus comes into the world full of light and full of hope and full of salvation, that he comes into a world that's dark and the darkness tries to take over him but it can't take him over, can't take, can't take Jesus over. 
And in the same way, the people do not take Jesus alongside him. There's one more place that I want to bring up where this paralambano, take alongside, shows up. And it shows up in the Gospel of John later in chapter 14, where Jesus is talking to his disciples. And Jesus is about to be crucified. And he tells his disciples, I am going ahead of you into heaven to prepare a place for you. There's a famous passage, the upper room discourse, and Jesus says to his disciples, in my father's house, there are many rooms or many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would not tell you. And, he, and then Jesus is about to get crucified on the cross, about to leave his disciples, and he tells his disciples, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have not would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will paralambano you. I will take you alongside myself. I will take you to myself that where I am, you may also be. So that Jesus Christ even though he was rejected by the world, still comes to take us alongside him. And that's welcoming the light, welcoming Christ along, uh, welcoming Christ at Christmas. That just like here, Jesus Christ takes his disciples alongside himself. And just like Jesus takes us alongside him, we are invited to take Jesus alongside us in a world that has rejected him. So it's welcoming the light and welcoming the logos of God at Christmas time. So I have just one more slide for you, and it's um, just some thoughts about how do we welcome the light of Christ at Christmas. These are some different ways to welcome the light and the logos of Jesus Christ at Christmas time. We listen to Christmas music, just in our homes, listening to Christmas carols, listening to Christmas songs, and gather together for worship. Join us for Advent as we retell the story. You can walk through your neighborhood. Go to some of these places that, that have public gatherings and enjoy the Christmas lights around town, remembering again that the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. You might want to spend some time in solitude. Even extroverts need time in solitude. Introverts too. Time in solitude, reflecting on the light and the word of God in your life. You might step into some service, some kind of service activity. You might spend some time in prayer, gratitude, thanking God for the blessings that he's filled your life with this year. And of course, what we enjoy at Christmas time, celebration, hosting, joy, welcoming Christ at Christmas, coming to the GRX Pollock, playing games, being with the family of God. So I would invite you, this Advent season, as we await the arrival of Jesus Christ, to welcome the light and the logos of Jesus Christ at Christmas. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, thank you that you come into the world to take us alongside yourself. Thank you that the darkness has not overtaken you. Thank you that even though that the world has rejected you, you still receive and accept us. May we, in the midst of all of Christmas, all of Advent, in the busyness of gift buying and shopping and activities, May we take some time to also be mindful of you and welcome you and celebrate you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
living in the light of my Savior, dancing in the arms of forever. I'm singing like I'm walking on water, cause you are alive, alive in me. You have come, you have found life everlasting, now alive to know your Never ending. You alone made a way for us in your love. You are life. I'm living in the light of my Savior, dancing in the arms of forever. I'm singing like I'm walking on water. Don't get out till 12 o'clock. So just be hanging out, having some adult kind of conversation until then. Um, but friends, hope you can join us for the Christmas potluck this coming Saturday. And now receive the benediction. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. Let every heart prepare him room. Amen. Have a great week, everybody. Oh,